0: Good morning and welcome to Dirty Dish. This is episode number eight and today I am going to talk about, am I doing it wrong? And by that, I mean parenting. This past weekend, um, I actually went to lunch with a friend and she raised a really good question. Am I doing it wrong? And when it comes to parenting, there is no manual. Um, There's plenty of sites that we can Google. There's plenty of articles out there that we can read That tell us whether or not we're doing it right wrong or the in-between and I think it's interesting that we always think we're doing it wrong. I am guilty of this I think at times I am doing things incorrectly. I think that I'm not giving enough structure or I'm being too lenient or I'm being too harsh. And I don't know what direction to go at times. And that's extremely difficult. And I think this question is something that a lot of us ask ourselves or we ask our spouses. And sometimes. Even though we bounce these ideas or feelings or thoughts off of someone to get a clearer picture if we're doing it right or wrong, I think we ourselves need to be more confident in what we're doing and we need to be more vulnerable to the people around us. Like my friend and I had a very honest and open talk about what we were experiencing with our children, especially with some of them already being out of school. Um, my one daughter, her school ends, um, this week. And all I can think is, what am I going to do? Um, I can't have her play video games all day. I can't have her be on the tablet all day. I do try to provide, um, some structure by saying she has to read 30 minutes every day. And I think that's something that I want to keep doing because I feel like that provides some break from monotony, from the constant urge to go and play video games, the constant need to, um, be on games like Roblox or Minecraft or Fortnite or whatever, um, games your children may be into. Um, and so that's something I want to keep doing. But then I hear a lot of other parents are like, well, I just let my child um, play video games until they want to stop. And the only time they stop is maybe when I call them for dinner. And there is a side of me that's like, hang on. <laughs> like you're letting them go all day. And, and I don't wanna be the judgmental parent. And that's not why I'm trying to, to um, aspire to be the judgmental one. But when I hear that, I'm like, oh, am I being too harsh? Am I saying stop when I should just be like, you know what, just go on and go. Keep playing those games. Do what you want to do. If that's your process, go do it. Um, But I really feel that kids do need more structure than sometimes we know to provide. Because we contradict ourselves or we think oh my gosh you know well this mom over here says that her child can play video games from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. and I have the restriction set from 12 to 4 p.m. and that's it that's all the game time they get and so I think sometimes we're in a tug of war with ourselves and we're in a battle of what is right like as far as chores go I think um, there's debate out on that should kids be having chores and some say yes they should have chores and they should have a chore chart and we should check off the list of duties when they're complete and we should also pay them for their time but when I was a kid growing up um, when I had chores I had to do dishes Um, we had to help mow the lawn we had to help weed A flower bed and we did not get paid we were told um, your pay is your shelter your clothing (laughs) food that is your pay these this isn't where we're going to pay you for these things because these are going to provide you skills later in life you're going to know how to do your laundry you're going to know how to clean Um, you're going to know how to weed a flower bed and plant vegetables and grow a garden if you want to. So I think sometimes we don't know what to take from our own experiences as children because we all have times where we loved what happened when we were kids and we all had times when we really hated certain things. And so it makes it very difficult sometimes To say hey this is what I really want to do for my kids but then I get pushed back and I feel bad during this time because they can't just go hang with their friends they can't go to the park and just run around and play what do I do and so I think we're stuck in this tug-of-war with ourselves and I know I've been stuck in that tug-of-war and hearing my friend talk about her feelings too it made me realize oh my gosh we need to be all talking to each other a little more honestly about how we're feeling during this time. Because it's really difficult. Especially because parenthood is always evolving. What worked for your parents maybe you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago isn't what's going to work now. Children have a much more intimate relationship with electronics than I ever did and that includes my husband as well and what I mean by that is we had Nintendo as kids you know we had gaming systems I'll even date myself further with Atari (laughs) but our parents um, that's as as far as the technology went that's kind of where it stopped to a certain extent Um, but as we got older Um, That all changed. We went from VHS, if you remember that, videos, to um, DVDs, to Blu-ray, to mini discs, to smartphones. Um, And we had a natural progression with that. It wasn't like we woke up and all this stuff was already there. We kind of grew with the technology, whereas I see my children... Uh, they already know how to do a lot of things that I had to learn to do at the age of 20. They're now doing it at ages between 11 and 13. They already know how to do these things. They know how to look up certain things. They know how to get online and do a multitude of things that I didn't have ac- access to at their age. And so it becomes super complicated because you're like, well, I didn't grow up with this. Where do I draw the line? Where do I feel like I'm actually saying here, here's a clear boundary. Um, you need to stop playing your game at this time. You need to go read at that time. And the other thing that we just found out is our daughters are allowed to keep their tablets, um, over the summer. Um, The school system just came down with that. And I'm thinking, uh, how is this going to work exactly? Because one, as a parent, it's an extra responsibility (laughs) to make sure that they're not doing anything on there that they shouldn't be. um, Because it's meant for school. But at the same time, the school is saying, keep it over the summer. Um, We'll let you know what we want to have happen as far as returning these or... If you know because they were purchased for the school and they might be obsolete, you guys might be able, to, you might be able to keep them, and that is super um, c- complex. There's a lot of complexities to that. Um, one, like wonder if my child drops it and it breaks, or two, wonder if something happens to it and it starts to glitch or go on the fritz. What do I do? Because they themselves don't know if they're returning these tablets or if the students are going to keep them and along with that um, my kids are going to want to play on them they're gonna say oh well the drawing app for my art class is on here I'm this is another tool this is another opportunity because one of my daughters already has a Amazon Fire tablet which is the kid-friendly version and she has limited functionality on there she doesn't have youtube like her school tablet does so when she says no i want to play with the other tablet my school tablet that has way more options on it than what my fire has what do i do do i tell her you can't play that i know the school says you can have it but i don't think You need to have two tablets. We'll just go continue to go with the fire, which is more kid friendly and it has certain options blocked on there. Or do I say, you know, this is a school tablet. Um, Yeah, you can use your drawing capabilities on there, the applications on there, or you can listen to your music on there, but you cannot go on YouTube. You can't go on the other search engine Safari that is on there because there are no um true blocks on these tablets for school which is something that was very shocking and i think what happened with this pandemic and i'm not blaming the school system at all i think they were very unprepared i think they didn't have the skill set or the it department to make sure that all these things were blocked and that you could actually research your child's history. And that's something else I've noticed on some of these school tablets is the history just gets deleted right away. And there's ways to go in there and check and make sure they're not doing anything um, wrong. But at the same time, for every child that's not doing something wrong, there's going to be a curious child. You know, you hear stories about children Googling Um, sex on a school tablet and all the repercussions that that leads to and i think that's really hard sometimes because as a kid if we wanted to look for something of a sexual nature it was usually found in the school library um national geographic or something in the encyclopedia section we had to physically go look for it and hunt it down But there was no trace that we did that to a certain extent, especially if we were sneaking during library time at school. Um, So that's different. Nowadays, if they type that into a search engine and they look for it, it's flagged. And when that happens, it's hard to know what to do. And I think some people don't want to talk about that, saying that their kid Googled that or it's embarrassing or how did my kid get to this point? But I also believe that kids are moving a little bit faster than what we did or what I did um, with learning about sex and finding things quicker because you now have YouTube and other things that videos aren't always blocked or with the videos that they choose. There's another video they have to watch prior. Um, to get to the video they actually want to see and some of it is sexually suggestive. And so when we had that happen, unfortunately with YouTube, um, (laughs) I sat down and I said, okay, you looked at this. Tell me what you saw. Um, Do you have questions? Because we are definitely going to address this now. And actually, what I ended up doing was taking my daughter, sending her across from me at the kitchen table, and in a bowl, I had her write down all these questions, throw them in the bowl, we shook them up, and I answered her questions one by one out of the bowl. And the other thing is, I use all the correct anatomical suggestion, or anatomical correctness, I guess you should say they're not suggestions. They're... And I wanted to make sure that she understood what she saw. I wanted her to make sure that she knew the correct anatomy because I don't want her thinking that these types of things that are a sexual nature um, later in life, that they're dirty or that they're wrong. Um, she had already gone through sex ed- education. We had to sign a waiver for in school. Um, before the COVID hit, Um, she had already had a sex ed course. But I wanted to make sure that I covered everything that she possibly had questions on because I want my children to be comfortable enough to say that they know what sex is, what it can lead to, and that they know how to protect themselves, that they know how to say no in situations and i want them to feel comfortable enough to come to me and say hey this happened i don't know what to do about it or hey this made me feel uncomfortable but i also feel like that's where it takes a village of friends or family that you feel comfortable discussing things with to help you through those situations and i think it's important that as women and men too that we have the ability be comfortable with saying i don't know how to handle this as a parent and that was what i really appreciated with my friend over the weekend is is having that conversation with her like sometimes i feel like i'm doing it wrong and there are a lot of times that i feel like i'm doing it wrong or i'm being too harsh as a parent because you take from like i said your own experiences as a child and sometimes you can take what you've learned from online forums that you read about parenting and i think sometimes you know there's a very psychological aspect to some of these articles and that is totally fine to help explain what may be going on with your child but at the same time i want parents to feel that they also know what's best too because you live with your child day in and day out or you have them ever every other weekend they're your own flesh and blood you know what they may be thinking what they may be feeling um the turmoil if there's any going on in the house if there's any kind of tension in the house um kids do act out and i think it is so important that we realize that reading one article doesn't mean that that is what is wrong with our child that if you have a Friend that's a teacher that is the other thing um, I used that method uh, several times I would call up a friend of ours a mutual friend and I would say hey this is what's going on I'm not sure what's happening this is what I read but I don't feel like it's hundred percent accurate can you help me have you seen this with other kids in your class have you experienced this through talking with other parents And I think sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to feel comfortable enough to bounce those off other people and really get to the heart of the matter with our kids versus just sitting there and saying, well, I'm going to Google this and I'm going to quiz my kids and I'm going to see if this is what's going on with them. Or I'm just going to take a guess because so-and-so told me her son was doing this or her daughter was doing this. But I think we need to have those really vulnerable conversations and say, yeah, I think I'm doing it wrong, but I'm not sure. And I think that opens us up to feel better as parents, because you have that whoo moment like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not crazy for feeling this way. Like you're struggling with this too. How can we help each other? And I think some parenting articles are great but I also think they can be hazardous in a way because it prevents us from truly going to somebody else that maybe is a close friend or a family member and saying, hey, I need help with this. Have you ever experienced this before? And they may have a totally different outlook than what is just down on paper. And with you know me feeling like, what am I gonna do when school ends this week? How is this going to impact everything? It scares me. Because a lot of parks over by us are still not open. We have no idea if the pool is going to be open um, this summer. Because that is a form of entertainment for kids. Um, we I've seen a lot of kids who go to baseball camps or certain kinds of sports camps during this time. And they've either been canceled or they've been pushed back. And... It's going to be an interesting summer and I think it's going to be one where I feel I'm going to have to lean on some people a little bit more like, Hey, is there some other activity I don't know about? Is there something I can do with my child that I'm forgetting? I think one of the great things right now is that I have prime movies on our TV and we've been able to watch the trolls movie premiere last night with Scooby-Doo, um, I think that's important too, to do family movie night. I think it's something fun that we can all sit there and do and cuddle up together and just hang and watch a movie. Um, The other thing too is the weather here has been chaotic. I don't know what is going on with mother nature, but she is crying obsessively because we have rained for the next three days. And so it's really challenging. I did buy my daughter an art set Um, to sit and paint and I do try to carve out time for her to just go paint be creative or if she says to me I want to make some slime I want to go do that Elmer's has some great slime kits they've kind of changed it up a little bit there's glow-in-the-dark ones there's ones that crackle um, after you make them so I think there's some other creative outlets out there but I encourage parents not to be scared to set boundaries because they're out of their comfort zone with what is happening right now. And I think that parents really need to say, okay, I I got this. I'm going to have good days and I'm going to have bad days, but it's just like, I want to phone a friend or I want to phone a family member and say, Hey, look, I'm really struggling, struggling, and I don't know what to do. And after talking to my friend, After lunch I realized okay we are all confused we are all out of our comfort zone and that was comforting to me because I needed to know that I wasn't the only one who was like well do I just shove video games in front of her what do I do Um, so I think discussing um, different outlets for our kids and then discussing chores and trying to implement those into everyday life as well to keep some kind of structure, to keep some kind of balance. I know with um, our kids, they are still up by 8.15 because school normally started for them at 8.45. So we're keeping that rhythm. Then she gets up, she gets on the tablet, she reviews her homework. All homework has to be done that day Unless there's something that she doesn't understand and we have to review it later. But we're trying to keep some semblance of a schedule because we don't want it to become where it's so off track that she's like, well, I, I want to sleep till 10, you know, and I'll do my chores at like one, two in the afternoon. And then I'm just going to veg and play some video games the rest of the day. I, I want her to actually have time that is broken up into creativity. Um, I also do Pandora for her, where she can listen to day's hits on there. And that's been important too. She can kind of chill in her room if she wants to draw, if she wants to, um, play with her toys or, she wants to draw on her right board for a while i think that's really important to carve out that little creative time for her and she can kind of chill and listen to music and that way i feel too that the tv isn't on in her room 24 um, 7. i know some parents are concerned about video games and one of the things that i had a friend suggest was she shut the wi-fi off at 7 p.m So, every night at 7 p.m., the Wi-Fi is shut off, which means video games and TV, um, if your TV runs on Wi-Fi, it gets turned off. And I think that's brilliant. Because then the kids know, by 7 p.m., I'm done for the night. I can do other things. I can go outside. I can... Be creative with my time. I can do whatever I need to do. And I think that's a great thing to do is for kids to know, all right, 7 p.m., I'm done. I got to move on with my day. Um, I know the other thing that I do with my daughter's fire tablet is it doesn't wake up until during the week. It doesn't turn on until about nine o'clock. And then. it shuts off at I think 11:45 a.m. but with this she has to do 30 minutes of educational games to get to anything fun she can't go oh well um, I'm just gonna sin- sit here and I'm gonna continue to play Roblox for eons and I don't have to do anything else for the day but no she has to do 30 minutes Of something educational it can be an educational video on there it can be um, actually they have reading if she reads on there for 30 minutes she can do a math program she can learn something science there's a multitude of things that she can do on there before she gets to the fun and some people may think well just let her have fun you know she's already done school for the day and everything else and I'm like yeah that's true but I also want to keep that balance where she's still stimulating her mind and not just focus on video games because I think it does change children's attention spans when they are constantly um, on to the next thing with YouTube videos or video games. It's that constant instant gratification and that's something that we really had to learn the hard way because all of a sudden she stopped listening to us, She she had an attitude which you know every kid gets an attitude um but we started to realize like it, she's having too much tablet time too much game time and pretty soon when we started to lessen that more and more it was a learning experience for us most definitely that she stopped with the attitude she stopped with the oh my god i'm not going to do that today get off my back um So that was definitely a learning curve for us that too much of something isn't always good and you wouldn't think that that would necessarily apply with your kids and and tablet time and games because they also say that games can really help them with their eye hand coordination, sometimes with the engineering side or the creative side of their brain, like with roadblocks and creating certain different levels and towns and things of that nature. But we definitely learned that it can also cause them to not want to do anything else. I wouldn't say it's almost an addictive behavior, but it is close to that. And so we had to really back up and say, we don't want to deal with the attitude of that and we're doing more harm good so I encourage anybody out there who's really struggling if you have a trusted friend if you have a trusted family member and you're really struggling with what to do with your kids during this time reach out to what I would call your village reach out to the people that you trust and say hey this is how I'm feeling about this and I feel like I'm doing it wrong honestly there is no right way to parent at the end of the day we try the best we can and we do end up with scars from certain things in our childhood and none of us escapes without a scar or two from what happened because parenting is ever evolving there was a time that <laughs> there weren't car seats that kids were allowed to sit in the front seat that you could smoke in the car with your kids so Everything is evolving always and we evolve as people and we evolve as parents and our children evolve too So I encourage you if you're struggling right now, and you're not sure How to get through this time because you might hear I'm bored a lot Or you feel like you're giving them too much electronic time reach out to your friends reach out to someone and feel comfortable within your village and know that parenting is ever evolving, especially during this time when things are limited access. Let yourself be vulnerable to the fact that you might not know what to do and that's okay. And there's gonna be days you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be like, I know exactly what I want my children to do today. And that is awesome. But if you have days like me and like my friend where you're like, I think I'm doing it wrong, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to say, I'm not sure what to do today, or my kid does not want to do their homework today and I don't know how to motivate them. And I'm sure there's somebody out there, a friend or a family member, or if you're part of a, some type of support group um, for moms or dads, reach out. Say, I don't know what to do today. Do you have any suggestions? Do you have any ideas?